Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. Our next episode is a conversation with Sarah Harvey, the founder of Sankofa Montessori, a proposed culturally responsive child and family-centered tuition-free Montessori charter school opening in Atlanta, Georgia in August of 2023. Sarah Harvey started her career in education over a decade ago and has held many roles in education, ranging from serving as a special needs teacher, instructional coach, to serving on the founding team of a graduate school of education. She earned her bachelor's degree from Washington College and a master's from Arizona State University. She is currently pursuing her master's in industrial organizational psychology through the Harvard Extension School. She lives in Atlanta with her husband, Tyler, and her daughter, Yah. Please welcome Sarah Harvey. Welcome to Montessori In Action podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to spend the next, you know, couple of minutes with you. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Would you give a little introduction of yourself to the listeners? Yes. I've read your bio, but I'd love for to hear you talk about yourself. Yes. I'm, uh, you know, an educator through and through. I uh, started my education career over uh, a decade ago as a special education teacher um, and have held various roles um, in that space. You know, I, I coached teachers and then helped launch a, a graduate school of education um, to train teachers um, to serve children in our most underserved communities. Um, and so on the professional side, that, that's what's happening there. But, you know, the most important job and role that I have is, is that of being a mother. Uh, so I have a little one who is two years old. Well, not quite. She's 18 months, but I'm saying that she's two. <laughs> um, <laughs> who is just the, the love of my life and so um, wonderful. And I have um, my husband, my sweetheart, um, who I just like, cannot do all of this without. Um, and so he is, you know, a rock for me and um, an and integral part of, of my life and, and supports me in the work that I do. Um, and I'm also a, a sister and a daughter. Um, I am the oldest of five children. <laughs> I don't know how my parents did it. Uh, I have one <laughs> and I'm just like, how? <laughs> um, and, and they managed to raise uh, five uh, whole healthy adults who are able to live um, their lives in, a ways, uh, in ways that bring them purpose and ways that allow them to achieve their dreams and goals that, that they have for themselves. Um, so that is... You know, that's kind of like my spiel about myself. Mm -hmm. Lovely, lovely. I love hearing about your family and that you're the oldest. Now, it's your daughter and your connection as a mom that's brought you uh, around to Montessori. Is that right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I learned about Montessori. Well, not learned about. I stumbled into Montessori um, about, I don't know, right at the start of my teaching career. Um, and... I walked into a Montessori classroom and at that point in time, I had no idea what was going on. I thought mm -hmm, to myself, mm -hmm. this is, this looks really cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the kids are working by themselves. There's this like hum that's happening in the classroom, but they're not shouting. Why isn't anybody sitting in a desk? Um, and 
you know, I kind of tucked it away and went about teaching my, my students uh, with exceptional needs. And then in about 2015, I ended up um, having a teacher who, you know, I, I coached teachers at that time. And one of the teachers in, on my roster was actually in a Montessori classroom. And I remember walking in and being like, I've seen this somewhere before. Where was that? Um, and I was like, oh yeah, back in Arizona. I saw that in Arizona. Um, and I remember being asked to support this teacher and not knowing how, because I didn't understand what she was doing. I just thought it was interesting. Um, and so my support for her, right, was just basically like, hey, here's here's the, 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 the standards of, of our state. Um, let's just make sure that you are teaching those. And, you know, it, it looks like what you're doing is working. So you keep on at it. But here are the standards. Um, and just but, you know, in my support of that teacher, I started really thinking about what am I doing? How what what are the things I can learn to best support her? And so I she actually recommended the absorbent mind. Um, she was like, you should read mm-hmm. this. And so it was like the, start here, start here. She was like the, the teacher teaching the coach, uh, which I, I mm-hmm. so appreciated. Um, and so I read that and I was like, this is incredible. Um, but, you know, after a year, I, uh, my coaching with her was was done and I kind of, you know, moved on from there. And then we found out we were going to be parents um, to this child who now exists in the world. And being the educator that I am, you know, <laughs> right, I think it was like month two. I was like, okay, what school is she going to go to? You know, my husband's like, you've got to calm down. <laughs> like, And I was like, well, but they're waitlist and we got to get her somewhere. Um, and I remember thinking, what ex- educational experience do I want for her? And so I kind of sat back and started reflecting on what are all the educational environments I have been in as an adult, as a teacher, as a coach. And then I was like, Montessori, that thing, that one. Um, so we toured a, a few schools and I mean, at least in the Atlanta metro area, every school had just like wait lists up I, you know it's it's one thing you know you're like oh I have the money I can pay for this and they're like that's great and we don't even have seats for you um so you know COVID has been horrible it has decimated communities families and for us um there was like a silver lining in that I guess because a lot of families when it first started pulled out their children because they didn't know, right? Like nobody knew what was happening. And so in the school that we really wanted um, her to go to, there were two slots opened. And so we were able to get her name on that list, but she wouldn't even be able to attend until she was one years old (laughs) because there wasn't a slot open right away for her to go um, into. So it was like a two-year wait list, basically, is what we were looking at. Um, So we put our names on there. And um, going through that experience where I was like, there's this wait list happening. There are also um, so many families who would would never be able to afford um, this type of tuition. And I know that like, uh, I, am, I am an immigrant. Uh, I moved here when I was 13 with my family from Ghana. And I think of all the sacrifices that people made on behalf of my family, to get us, like myself and my five siblings, well, four, to this point in our lives where we are able to have a life of purpose. And to me, I was like, okay, like now it's it's your time to figure out how to make this happen for families that you've been talking to um, who say, you know, either they know what Montessori is or they have no idea what Montessori is. And so we explain the, the tenets of the model to them and they say, oh, wow, where can I send my child? 
and you have to tell them, I mean, right now, here are the options that you have. And they're like, well, I don't have money to afford it. Um, and and that's kind of what brought about, um, you know, this like movement that we have going on here in, in the Atlanta metro area uh, to bring about a, a tuition-free um, public Montessori charter school uh, for families who are interested in this way of, of teaching and learning, but would otherwise never be able to to um, send their children to it. So that's like a, a full circle, starting all the way in education, yeah. you know, over mm-hmm. a decade ago mm-hmm. to this point um, of, of having an almost two-year-old um, in a Montessori uh, school. Wonderful. So, yeah, we've landed at Sankofa Montessori and your sort of inspiration for that. Can you tell us a little bit from inspiration moving forward? How is this coming into being? Yeah, so it's with a lot of just family and community support. Uh, so we officially started this process. And I say we a lot, even though I'm the founder, right? It's like <laughs> you, you. But this work would not be possible without just like a group of people who are just like, lady, you have this dream and this vision and we're with you. And so they have been with me every step of the way for us to actualize this. So this is as much as as much my project as it is theirs uh, to bring into 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 reality. Um, and so it's just been we've had over at this point over 300 conversations. And a lot of these conversations are just like one on ones <laughs> with people. And so it's been, a you know, it's rarely where it's like, here's a group of 20 people who I'm talking to or we're talking to. Uh, so it's been one on one conversations. And a lot of it has been explaining what Montessori is because the the communities that we're hoping to serve are those who um, the, the current education system has not been working for and and continues not to work for. Um, and so and and you know for a lot of them they've never even heard of this model. They, they don't know what Montessori is. And so there's a big education piece that happens. And so that's why we're, it's just like so many conversations to, to share with folks. This is what Montessori looks like. This is what it's about. This is how it's developmentally appropriate, you know, hands-on learning. Um, and so that has been just like a, a big, a big part of our work um, to, to bring this whole idea to, to fruition. Um, yeah. So a lot of community engagement happening on that front. And I would say, uh, you know, one of the stories that I always share with folks that happened very early on in this process where I met with a, a mother and I was like, yeah, so we're trying to like build a school and it's Sankofa, you know, Montessori. And she says to me, um, so is it a religious school? Because, you know, I feel like Montessori is, is it a religion because, you know, we're Baptist. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to send my child to another religious like school that's not Baptist. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. But that is like the misconceptions that, you know, one of the things that we've been running into where, where people think that it is a, like a religion. Um, I'm like, no, it was actually developed by a, a physician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it does not have roots in, in religion, but it's just um, a, a big part has just been the education piece. Um, and then when folks understand what it is, then they come on board and then they bring in more people, right? I personally do not know 300 people in the Atlanta metro area. And yet I've been able to engage in conversations with that many people. And that's been because of just folks in the community connecting me with other people. Nice. Can you talk about the school design process of, you know, this was an idea, you have these 300 or more people. How is this manifesting itself and when are doors opening? Yes. So the the school design process has been 
interesting. Uh, when we first started, so I, I started this process officially in August of 2021. Um, and, you know, my proposal was, let's do a STEAM school with Montessori elements. <laughs> that's, that's what we were going with. Um, because, right, like STEAM is just like such a big buzzword, right? Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math um, in this area. And then I was like, but I also like really love Montessori. And so like, how do we like combine that? But it's like a STEAM-focused school. And in my initial conversations with families, they were like, yeah, no, we don't want that. You know, like once mm. I explain it, because they would say, you know, STEAM, they're like, yeah. And then they'd be like, but what is Montessori? And what do you mean by Montessori elements? So then, you know, I was like, okay, so here are the elements that we're going to incorporate. But then I go off script and just start getting really excited about just like Montessori. And they're like, wait, 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 why can't we have that? Because <laughs> uh-huh. it seems like you'll be teaching science <laughs> and math. So it, it, like, why isn't that the school? And I was like, oh, okay. So then I, you know, I went to BES, which is the organization that is, they basically pay me a stipend for the year, August to, I guess, August. Um, mm-hmm. Is to, that building excellent schools? Well, so they don't go by that anymore. It's just BES. Okay. <laughs> that BES doesn't stand for anything it anymore. It doesn't stand for anything no? anymore. Okay. It's just BES. Um, Formerly building excellent schools, schools yes. now just BES. BES. Okay. Um, they, they went through a whole rebranding. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why I'm actually a fellow uh, this year, and then I'll go back to, to the topic at hand, is that um, they wanted their model to be more, the way in which they supported leaders to be rooted in community. Um, and so before I would be like, well, I have this like steam school with Montessori elements and I would just plow through, right? Like, like, like that's that's what I have and that's what we're doing rather than taking the time to really get that community feedback um, and so with the BES like support that I've been getting, it's like, okay, how do you do that? And how do you do it? Well, and that's because like their whole kind of model shifted to support school founders to engage community voices just a lot more than they've done in the past. Um, so back to this uh, school design uh, piece. So our, you know, family said, we don't, we don't want that. <laughs> we want Montessori and, you know, you could teach our students science and math. Um, so, you know, I went to BS and I was like, I know that when I applied, <laughs> this is what I said. And the responses that I'm getting from community is not reflective of what it is that I'm trying to do. And I, I want to bring folks in the community along with me in this process. I don't want it to feel like we are doing something to the community because like that doesn't work. Um, and they said, OK, and you will be the first and only school that we've had who is going with this like Montessori model but sure we support you doing that um and so it was like a, a <laughs> so I'm the first fellow <laughs> in their 20-year history yeah who is hoping to open a, a a Montessori school but that came as a result of like right this design process of conversations with families and and people in the community um, the last thing I would share on this topic is also the name of the school. So I actually did a poll <laughs> to determine the name of the school. Uh, we were looking at the two proposals I had was Emerge Montessori and Sankofa Montessori. And so, you know, I threw it out there in the community. And I was like, okay, folks, like, tell me which, 
which, you know, here's like, we're hoping to be culturally responsive and family and community centered. And we want it to be very clear who the school is for. And the overwhelming response we got was, well, Sankofa, like you want the students that you're serving to know that, right? Like your identity matters and the name of the school shows that, has an influence on that. Um, and also it pays homage to my native dialect, which is um, Akan uh, from, from Ghana. And it just means going in the past to um, bring back lessons and traditions um, that you know may have been left behind or just like aren't as well known and bringing it back into the present. And for me, you know, while like, you know, Montessori is like all over the world and in our country, in the state of Georgia, in black and brown communities, Montessori is just like not known. Um, and so we, we, we know that it's just like a hundred year old model of teaching and learning, which is just incredibly powerful. Um, and for us, it's kind of been left behind. And so bringing that into the, the present um, for our community um, is, is, has been, you know, was how the name came about. And, you know, is one of like the things that came out of that design process. Um, and we're hoping to open our doors in the fall of 2023. <laughs> boom, boom, oh. boom. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About 18 months from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm hopeful um, that we can make this happen. Mm-hmm. So I imagine along the way that you've had the opportunity to be in conversations with um, folks in Montessori spaces, right? And wondering what are some of the lessons that are emerging that you're finding helpful or impactful? Oh my goodness. Um, so I'll give a, a few shout outs to just folks who have just been so gracious <laughs> to me. Um, throughout this process. So I was able to um, spend some time over at um, Coastal Empire uh, in Savannah, which is the only uh, currently um, public Montessori charter school in the whole state of Georgia. And so they are they mm. are the trailblazers. They did this work first. And there's mm-hmm. just so much that mm-hmm. I've learned from them. Um, and they're over in Savannah, um, Savannah, Georgia. And so, you know, about four hours away from the, the metro Atlanta area. And you know, the the one thing that, I mean, I learned so much from them. I spent about a week uh, just hanging out with them. But the lesson that I took from that conversation is, well, from that visit, is what are some of the ways in which you intentionally support um, your your teachers? And so your teachers who are coming without that Montessori background. And, right, and so they're traditionally trained. And you're trying to, you know, in the public sector, you're trying to get them acclimated to... <laughs> Well, Montessori is, and so they're they're going through their Montessori training while also teaching, which is a lot. Um, and, and you know, the school was so gracious, gave me the opportunity to talk to some of their teachers who were going through that process right now. And they've they've done so well. This was done so well because of the in-house support that they provide to their their guides in the classroom. Um, and so, you know, they have like a, a coach, um, a Montessori coach who is, you know, Montessori trained, has like all this experience to mm-hmm, really support mm-hmm. the teacher. And so it's, it, it's as simple as like, okay, you're struggling with this lesson here. Watch me deliver the lesson. Um, let's debrief it. What did you see? What would you have done differently? And so just like that coaching and support um, in the school building and how important it is. 
and how that just like transforms the the confidence that the teacher even has in their work um, with students. So that that was like a big lesson um, that I learned there that we are taking and and putting in like our budget, right? Like we need a coach, Montessori coach. <laughs> we need a Montessori coach um, to do this work um, to really support our our teachers and and our kids. Um, and then I spent another week over at uh, Libertas Academy um, of Memphis, which is just um, an incredible, incredible um, Montessori um, charter school. And their demographic is very similar to what we anticipate having at St. Kofa Montessori. So a, a lot of um, ch- you know Black children, a lot of uh, children of color. And they are located in you know the Fraser community of Memphis. And, you know, I, going through this process, I was very, yeah, I was like, uh, do we, like, where do we locate, right? Because I want our, our school to attract as many families as possible. And the school leader, Bob Nardo, was like, listen, you have to locate in an area where the families that you want to serve live, because then those are the people that you attract. Like, I get it. You might want to go, you know, be in this like shiny area of town because that ensures that, right? Like you are just getting lots of people, lots of different socioeconomic um, statuses, which, you know, like could impact your bottom line. Get you more money for the school. However, what is the vision that you have? What is the mission that you have for your school? And, you know, he said, from what I'm hearing from you, it is to serve children from underserved communities, black and brown children from underserved communities. So you need to locate there. And I was like, yup, you are right. (laughs) Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, seeing, mm -hmm. you know, where he located his squaw, right, to serve the exact um, community that he wanted to serve. And, you know, it's been hard, of course, but they're just doing so well that families outside of their community are like, yeah, I will drive my child to the school. Um, because you all are doing such incredible work. And so that was a, a lesson that I learned there, like never letting go of that, the reason why we want to do this and taking the steps to ensure that you're able to do this. This is something as simple as like writing in your charter application, like who gets preference in your lottery, right? So that you don't end up in a school with just like upper <laughs> middle income families or upper income families um, where you've just completely lost um the reason why you wanted to do this. And then the last um, lesson I've learned comes from uh, the folks over at More Montessori, uh, which was just, I also spent a week with them over in um, North Carolina. And my word, it was just such such a fulfilling uh, experience. Um, I, I came home and I was talking to my husband and I was like, I have just like never been in a building where I felt at peace. And, you know, of course he's like, oh, there you go again with your woohoo stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 let me explain to you. Like, it was just like such a joy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for me being in there, I think a lot about culture, right? The lesson that I learned there was how do you create a culture for your staff, for your teachers, for the assistants, for your families, for the children? That is just like rooted in joy, in positivity, because I I do think when you are in an environment where there's just like not a sense of calm, you just feel like, oh, like nothing is ever calm. Everything is so hectic. 
I don't know, you don't get as much done as you need to because you just spend all this time trying to just like create the culture that you want. But this school has like done that. Um, All the guys that I was able to talk to, you know, they're like, yeah, we have our challenges. And I'm just like so happy to be here every day. Um, And, you know, I was talking over with, um, talking to Annie Frazier over at Montessori Partnerships for Georgia and like debriefing that because I'm always like, okay, what do leaders do? What are the actionable things that leaders do that I can do when we open our schools so that I can create that type of culture? And, you know, Annie asked me, so like, how, how did Katie, you know, the, the school leader, how did she create this culture? And so I sat down and I was like, okay, what are the qualities that I observed in her <laughs> that enabled her to create this culture in her school? Just this like peaceful, joyful culture that I can, I can bring. And so the, the lesson there is like, right, she is a great listener for her people, um, in that, you know, it's like, yeah, you may be some say, saying something completely crazy, but I will sit, I will hear you, I will honor that, <laughs> and then check you on it, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than mm-hmm. like, no, <laughs> pause. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Let me just correct you. It's just that ability to listen, hear people. Like that is, I was like, she hears her people before she goes on to like, okay, now let's try to like solve these problems. And And for me, that was like, the biggest thing, she's just so intentional around um, having people have ownership of whatever it is that they do. And so I, I think of her, um, Keisha, her, um, I think it's like the, I'm forgetting her title, but she's one of the leadership team members. Assistant principal. The assistant yeah. principal mm-hmm. and the autonomy that she has to do her work um, and you know, Katie has been able to like step back and say like, just like we trust our children with independence, (laughs) I will trust the adults in my building (laughs) with their independence. Um, And so for me, just like the lessons there is just like, whatever it is that we're doing for our kids, we need to do that for the adults. Whatever culture it is that we hope to create for our kids, we need to be able to do that for the adults. Um, And I saw that in action over at, at Moore Montessori and I'm just like so excited. You know, I was like, Annie, I need to be that leader. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like Annie Frazier's been another Montessori person yes. that's brought you some wisdom during this time. Yes. I meet with Annie once every week um, and I text her and I call her. And <laughs> <laughs> before I make a decision, I'm like, you know, hey, Annie, so here's like my thinking. How does this because we really, what I really want us to do is to create, yes, we are a public Montessori charter school, and I don't see why we cannot create um, an experience for kids that is comparable to what is happening in the private sector, or even better, right? What I don't want is for it to be like, oh, here's this like watered down version of Montessori. Um, but, you know, because I just feel like our our children and our families deserve an excellent Montessori education, an excellent Montessori experience. And so what that means is that, right, like, we need to make decisions, like, in teacher training, right? So it's like, we need to, you know, I was talking to Annie, I was like, oh, man, like, I'm looking at the budget. I don't know how we're going to make this work. And, you know, her pushback is like, what is a priority that you have? What are the priorities? You want to implement a model with full fidelity. So that means, like, you probably have to pay for teacher training. 
to ensure that you're able to get folks who are going to be Montessori certified to really implement this model. Um, So it's that like, I hear you and like, this is what you're telling me you want to do. And this is what that means for your school, for your budget, for your kids. Um, And so she has just been a wealth of just information. And I met you through Annie. Like she just opened up her whole network um, to me, you know, we, I, I reached out to her in August, just this like, Hey, so I want to start a school. <laughs> I'm on a story school. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll talk to you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that one conversation, just like, I, there's no way I could do this without her. Absolutely. Absolutely. No way. Cause when I started this process, I knew no one in the Montessori like community, and that's not to say I couldn't have built these relationships, but knowing that I had you know less than a year to submit this charter application, what I didn't have was time. And Annie was just like, "Here, let me open up my Rolodex. Like, this is who I know. This is who I know. Here's an intro. Like, I don't know you, Sarah, from Adam, but you know what? What you're selling me, what you're hoping to do, I'm with it. Um, and so just that like initial." belief and faith that she had in me to make this happen I think without it I I, I honestly do not think we would be at this stage um, Mm. in the process Mm. I love hearing about generosity within our Montessori community right that we are holding and holding up each other along the way that's really beautiful Um, I'm curious as you're envisioning the kind of leader you want to be and the connections to the community you've already started. What's the impact that you hope to have with Sankofa Montessori within the community? Yeah, so one of my board members is uh, Michael Duffy, who I am learning is an elder in the Montessori community, which is just like so exciting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Exciting to me, but he you know, shared with me that he did um, some of his work over in Puerto Rico in helping them uh, launch, um, you know, tons of Montessori schools and supporting the the teachers and the administrators to ensure that they were um, doing the program with fidelity and, and just like doing it well. And what he shared with me very early on as I approached him of like, will you be on my board, was how Montessori transformed the communities in Puerto Rico where he was, you know, where he, he, he would talk about just this, like the, we think of just like Montessori being um, a methodology that's centered around peace, how he saw that living out in the communities that he was in. And I happened to like talk to a, a teacher who just moved to Atlanta from, from uh, Puerto Rico, who is, was a Montessori uh, teacher there and it's a Montessori teacher here now. And she also said the same thing. Like, you know, I've lived in Puerto Rico my whole life, you know, and the Montessori, Montessori coming in completely transformed our community for the better. And so for me, while I haven't, right, like I didn't experience that, I do believe that this school will have that impact of transforming, um, you know, our, our community, when I think of the ways in which folks, you know, are like, how do I parent my child? And yes, like Montessori is like, you know, it's 
we're teaching children <laughs> using the curriculum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there are um, things within it that are transferable in outside of the school environment. And so when we think about like building independence in children, how do we equip families to do that at home with their children? Um, when we think about, right, like our grace and courtesy <laughs> lessons, how do we empower our families to build that, continue building that within their children and other family members in the, in their home, in their communities. And so, you know, I see that. And I also see, you know, the impact that we have as like with other school districts around us. And so I'm not coming to the saying that like we have all the answers because we don't. I know it's going to be hard <laughs> in our first couple of years and beyond as we, we, we try to, you know, make this work. And I just so deeply believe in the hands-on piece of Montessori that I think even if you are a school that is not implementing Montessori, there's just like so much that we can learn from this um, when it comes to educating children, when it comes to giving them freedom within limits, of course. Um, and, and you know, what are those lessons that school districts could take from us to bring back into their school community? Um, differentiating for children, Right. Like, you you know, in my my training as a special education teacher, that was like a big part of it. Right. Because you meet each child with their needs. But how the, the Montessori method is so beautiful in that differentiation is already built into that. And so I know that it's possible that we could teach someone who is not Montessori trained. Like, how do you do that for the kids in your classroom? Um, and so we see ourselves, you know, the, like opening up our doors to the other schools in our community like hey come come see what it is that we're doing what are some of the things that you can take with you um and just like you know designing it so we're like real intentional about that um so it's not overwhelming um and then we also see like the impact that we have is to have our school like as like a gathering spot for the community Um, I don't intend for us to be a school where it's like, okay, it is like three o'clock. We have shut our doors. (laughs) Nobody comes in. I see it as like Mm -hmm. a, a location where it's like, oh, is there like tutoring happening? Um, that, you know, like somebody, you know, parents are like, oh, I need my kid to be tutored for the SATs. Well, we have the space. I mean, like we're, we're paying rent for 24 hours a day. So sure. You all can come in, um, um, to do this. Oh, there's like, a, you know, folks want to sell their goods and items. Well, we have this big parking lot. <laughs> you all can come set up tables and market. And so really seeing it as like, I want it to be a school where folks come in, where our doors are open and they see it as like, oh yeah, this is like a part of our community. And then the last thing I'll share in terms of the impact that we're hoping to make, knowing that there are no other um tuition-free Montessori charter schools in, you know, like a, a four-hour radius. And it's it's been heartbreaking to hear from families who are, you know, I don't know, like an hour away or two hours away, who are like, I, I want to send my child to the school. But like, you all are not going to be located <laughs> near me. And like, you know, I can't afford to like move to where you all are. And so while, you know, I don't know what that means, but my board and I have started thinking about what are some of the ways in which 
we start thinking like, can we have, you know, Sankofa Montessori like somewhere else down the mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to meet the needs Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it may not be like my community, right? Because you know, I live, <laughs> um, I live in a different community, and some of the people we've been hearing from are like in rural parts of Georgia, who are like, we would be interested in this. <laughs> and I'm like, great. And so, like, what are those relationships that we build to then say, hey, you know, we've been in existence for five years. Like, this is how it's working out. It's working out real, real well, real great. Um, here, do, do you want to open a school? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Take this. That's the Montessori generosity, right? right? Paying like, it forward. Take yeah. this and make it happen. Yeah. I love that you circled back around. Um, if you're interested, um, season one, episode eight of Montessori in Action podcast is an interview with Ana Maria Garcia Blanco, who is the founder of 50 public Montessori programs in Puerto Rico, right? And it's in English and in Spanish, and she's an extraordinary human being. And talk about that, um, you know, your vision is starting with one, but you're already, even in the midst of planning, recognizing the power and possibility of having more options for more families, reaching more um, people and children and families of the global majority across your state. So anyway, just connecting those dots as well, because um, that's a that's a powerful vision for impact on the community. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much for sharing all of that. Um, so we're starting to wind down now, but I, I know that founding a school is a, a deeply personal thing to do. Um, and it's wonderful, but it also can be challenging. You mentioned at the beginning that your, your partner, you know, none of this would be possible without your partner, right? You're not doing this alone. Um, but I also know that you're doing this in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and I wonder during this time, what, what keeps you going? Um, how are you, how are you refueling? Yeah, for me, it's just, it's like spending time with my family, whether it's, you know, my chosen family or the family that I have uh, just by, you know, by blood. Um, and it looks like, right, phone calls with my sister. You know, I have one sister and the, the, the rest of my siblings are, are boys. Um, or, you know, hopping on like a quick uh, Zoom chat with, you know, the, the youngest who's in college right now. He's a junior. To be like, hey, how are things going? That just like energizes me to know that they're all, um, I don't know, like living out their lives and have what they need to be able to say, like, I am making a contribution to society in like whatever way that means for me. Um, And like after like those calls, I just feel just like my bucket has been like filled (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's just Mm -hmm. just just so joyful. I don't know, to know that like the people who you love and hold dear are like, they're doing all right, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And with, you know, my immediate family, right? It's, I try to set aside five o'clock to 7.30 PM every day. Um, Now, you know, (laughs) being five weeks away from submitting our application, I am failing at that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you're mentioning it right now as a way to bring it back. Bring it back, yeah. Um, But... (laughs) I, you know, I, I hold that as like our sacred family time where we cook dinner, uh, which is like a stress reliever for me, right? I try for us to make dinner together as a family 
every night. And, you know, with my little daughter, yeah, it's so funny because I'd be like, okay, like now I need you to like mix up the flour. And of course it ends up going all over the place. (laughs) So it ends up being just like more work. But, you know, I know that we're, we're building that muscle for her, right? Like eventually someday she will stop spilling the flour out of the bowl when she goes to stir it. But just like those moments, um, are just so incredibly joyful for me and gets me ready to then get back to the computer after she's gone to sleep at like 7.45 p.m. <laughs> um, and, you know, I would say I also love going on walks. I used to run like a lot before I started this process and I'm going to get back to it. It's just, I'm just so tired after a run. <laughs> you know, there are those people who are like, yeah, after running, I just feel so energized to take on the day. I am the opposite. After running, I'm just like, I need a nap. <laughs> and I just like don't have uh, the time to run and then come take a nap. Uh, so I've shifted that to just meet the season in life that I'm in, which is I go on walks. Um, and I try to like 12 to 1, I will walk away no matter what is happening to just go out for a walk. I am very lucky in the sense that we live um, in an area of Atlanta that's right by just like trails and parks. Um, We're by the Carter Center. And so there's just like, just trails that just like keep going for miles. Um, And so to be able to just like step away and just like reconnect with nature. And then I come back and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this for the next, I don't know how many hours in front of this computer and the phone. (laughs) And... um. So it just helps me recharge my batteries. Um, and during my walks, you know, I listen to my podcast sometimes and I look like like I am unwell when I'm walking. I'm just like laughing out loud hysterically or <laughs> sobbing. There's this uh, podcast called My Unsung Heroes where it's just like quick, like seven minute or less of people sharing stories about someone who did something for them in their moment of need. And like they never got to thank the person. They ne- like they don't even know who the person was. But they just remember, you know, someone doing something for them and that changed their life's trajectory. And, you know, I often listen to that and I'm just like sobbing as I'm walking. I am I'm very much um, of the mind of like, you have to feel your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. people are just like driving like, are you OK, ma'am? I'm like, I'm good. It's just this podcast. <laughs> this unsung hero, you won't believe what they did. <laughs> So, I'm gonna have to look that up. That sounds amazing. It's really, really good. <laughs> just like, oh, oh no, they saved her and they saved him, and he put his life at risk for that child. You know. So. <laughs> oh, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for taking your time. Is there any last thing that we haven't covered that you want to share today? Oh my gosh, um, I feel like I talked about it all, but. I think I would just reiterate to your point, and you use the wording, the generosity in the Montessori community. Um, it's just like been such a, a through line in this process for me. People just like offering the gift of their time without being like, okay, so this means that you have to sign this contract here on this day. But it's like just, and and in founding a school, right? You know, you're like, I have to get this quote for this. I have to get this quote for that. And everyone who you talk to, you're like, oh, how are you trying to scam me today? Um, (laughs) And to just then go back into a space where folks are like, we just want to help because we truly believe 
in you know Maria Montessori and her work to provide a quality, excellent education for every child, um, that we just want to help you make that happen. That it's just, it's just always so, I don't know, affirming for me that like doing this, it's worth it. It's worth all of like the, the stress, the sleepless nights, the pages and pages of writing. Um, because they're just like people who have done this work, have seen the results, um, and like believe that we can make this happen. Mm. So, yeah. Mm, beautiful. I can see once Sankofa is up and running, you starting your Montessori Unsung Heroes podcast. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> right? We have these little mini clips about the generosity in the community and how people help each other. Then we'll all be crying on our morning walks, being so touched by each other's yeah. work. Look at that. You just gave me another idea. See, like all these ideas Boom. that I get, right? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah Harvey, I think it feels so good to laugh. Um, and I've really enjoyed um, this whole conversation with you, but in particular, that you are finding and bringing joy, even just in our chuckling together. And i um, excited to see Sankofa come to life um, right before your eyes as you're building it. So thank you for sharing that today with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.